Welcome back, everybody, to Extra Points, an NFL podcast. Gabriel here. How are we doing? I hope you guys are having a fantastic week so far. Once again, still stuck in the house. Still stuck in from all of the snow that we've been getting. And honestly, over the past three days, I don't know, ever since Christmas, it's Wednesday as I'm recording this for you guys, snow's still been coming down. And it's been pretty bad. We haven't been able to get out. We haven't been able to go around, do anything. Haven't been able to get to work. Even so, it's it, it's been rough, <laughs> especially like I don't know, no gym, no work, no no seeing friends, no nothing like that. So it is, it's pretty hellish. Not even gonna lie to you guys, but it, it's nice to get out here and do a little bit of recording. You know, you know, talk about some of the some of the things that have been going on uh, as of late in the uh, NFL world, at least so to speak. And there, there's been a couple of things. Uh, obviously, I want to touch on Tua. Tua's injury just came out that he does officially have a concussion, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Maybe talk a little bit with the Commanders news and Taylor Heineke getting benched and um, Carson Wentz coming in. Obviously, there was the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, which I do want to talk about, and that came out like right after, literally right after I dropped that episode for everybody on Monday, so that was kind of sucky. Really, really upsetting that it just came out then. And then also, finally, I want to touch maybe a little bit on the whole J.J. Watt situation, but... Yeah, I mean, hopefully that hopefully it'll be be some interesting stuff and, and some some cool stuff coming up. I'm probably going to touch a little bit on the Thursday night game as well. We got a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's our last week of Thursday night football, so and we we actually have a decent game. Uh, probably won't be the most interesting, obviously after the Ryan Tannehill injury, but yeah. So I guess the first thing that I'll start off with really is the Tua news. Obviously, if you're a Dolphins fan and really anyone in general. Kind of the big story that's been going on, at least as of late, is the story of the collapse of the Miami Dolphins. And now, I know, there's going to be a lot of people making excuses for him, saying, well, hey, they're, they're playing some good teams, they have injuries, all this and that. I, I don't think there's much that you can make out of uh, their last four losses. They lost to the 49ers, they got destroyed. Yes, they're on the road, and I know the 49ers have an incredible defense. You guys know how much I love the 49ers, and I... I honestly might put them as the number one team in the league right now just with how well that they're playing despite their quarterback situation. But the Dolphins didn't look good there, and two ahead, I believe two, of some of the most back-breaking uh, turnovers in that game, along with a fumble recovery that went for a touchdown in the very, very final play. So, well, not play, but the drive, you know. So, that one, I guess you can chalk it up to just being a one-off sort of thing there, coming off of a long, long win streak, but then you look in the next week, there's no excuse to lose to the Chargers. I don't care what you say, the Chargers are not a good football team, and they're extremely, extremely inconsistent. Then you look after that, and they lost to the Bills. Sure, they put up a good fight. No moral victories in the NFL, though. And then finally, this past uh, Christmas, they lost to the Packers at home. They were at home. The beat-up, terrible, terrible Packers came into town at 6-8, and eight, and Dolphins couldn't pull anything off, and they fell to 8-7 and seven with four losses in a row. And now, upcoming this Sunday... They go on the road to face the Patriots, and turns out that Tua does indeed have a concussion, per Mike McDaniel earlier this morning. I know that I touched on it a little bit earlier, and that it was potentially that he was going to miss the game due to being in concussion protocol, but now all signs are pointing to Teddy Bridgewater making a start against the Patriots. What does this mean for the Miami Dolphins? Well, a lot of things, and unfortunately none of them are good. I mean, they're 8-7 and seven now, obviously riding that four-game losing streak. Now, if they lose one more, there's only one playoff spot left in the AFC. Only one. 
just one left because obviously the Chargers in beating the Indianapolis Colts a couple nights ago, they clinched a spot as well. So we pretty much have all the divisions clinched for the most part. And I know that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't clinched that yet, but I'm assuming that it will come to be, especially with another loss and potentially a win by the Jaguars. So the Ravens and Chargers have two of the playoff spots. And now if Miami were to win this week, or to lose this week, then they would drop to eight and eight, and then it gives the the, um, the Steelers, the Titans, the Jets, and the Patriots all opportunities to win their respective matchups and jump up to eight and eight as well. And then, uh, heaven forbid that they do that, and then maybe the the Dolphins win their last week against the Jets. There's still scenarios in which teams like the Titans or Steelers could possibly pull up because of a tiebreaker. I believe the Steelers might be out uh, because they have lost earlier in the season to Miami, but the Titans might be able to get it as well if they can somehow pull off two wins here. And yeah, I mean, the playoffs are not on lock for Miami, and with this two attack of Iloa injury, it's not getting any bit easier for them. So this is huge, and these last two weeks are going to be the defining moment of the Miami Dolphins season, because last season it was the same thing too. They had an incredible season, or they started off relatively hot, they started off a relatively big name, but then they dropped an ungodly amount of games in a row. They caught fire late, I believe, last season, but alas, it did not matter, and they ended up missing the playoffs, which resulted in their coach getting fired. So I'm not saying that Mike McDaniel is going to get fired this season, but it's paramount that they at least be able to do something. And I I think that it's honestly playoff or bust for this team and maybe even Tua, despite this being one of the best seasons he's had in a very long time. And in other quarterback news, I want to switch over to Washington, where Taylor Heineke was benched last week in their loss against the 49ers, and Carson Wentz came in a little bit. And I know that I touched on this a a little bit in the recap, but this doesn't make much sense to me. Now, I know that Taylor Heineke is essentially a backup, maybe fringe, low-end starter, and he's not anything special, but he was doing well, and he had this team playing very well for the most part. So just just the fact that they benched him is is a little confusing to me. I mean, if you look back at the past couple of games outside of the loss to the 49ers, yes, they lost to the Giants the previous week, but if not for some controversy, they probably could have tied or if not won that game. Prior to then, they tied the Giants, and then he's coming off of wins against the against the Falcons, the Texans, and the Eagles. And then you look even before that, and they beat the Vikings. They were on they're on a bit of a heater. If you're looking back, they beat uh, going back to like October or something. They went on went on a bit of a heater. They're winning six to seven in a row, beating the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, Commanders. Eagles, Texans, Falcons, and then tying the Giants, obviously. Yes, they lost to the Giants, and then they lost a bit to the 49ers, but like I said, the 49ers have the best defense in the league, so the fact that that he still, yes, he did have an interception in there, but he was relatively accurate, completing 13 of 18, over 150 yards in here, and two touchdowns. And, I mean, it's not his fault that the run game wasn't going, and I don't think that by bringing in Carson Wentz, it's going to help anything at all. Brian Robinson couldn't get anything going, Antonio Gibson wasn't doing a thing, even some speed sweeps and stuff and jet sweeps and stuff like that to Curtis Samuel weren't getting anything going either. So, the fact that you benched uh, Taylor Heineke for Carson Wentz, and yes, I know Carson Wentz came in and played pretty well in relief, but... They still had right around the same passer ratings, and at the end of the game, Taylor Heineke's QBR was higher. Yes, Carson Wentz had about 2.9 points higher on his passer rating total, but 
I don't think there was enough cause to justify benching Taylor Heineke for how he played. I thought he played fairly well, and he's built up a decent chemistry with Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and a bunch of their playmakers. That was a little a little interesting to me. I didn't really see why that was happening. Now, I know that you, you obviously took on Carson Wentz in the offseason. You're paying him a lot of money, so you probably want to see how he's going to go, but it's just interesting to me. And now I understand. Maybe, maybe it's just for this game, and it's Carson Wentz's style probably is a little bit better for facing the Browns than Taylor Heineke's would be. I think Heineke thrives a a lot off of the play-action portions, and the Browns have a pretty decent run defense. On the other hand, I think that their secondary is lacking, and I think that that's where Carson Wentz can really come in big here. But I don't think that they're going to start swapping around quarterbacks for the last couple of games of the season when their playoff lives are essentially in jeopardy. Because if they lose one more game, and the teams like the Packers or the Lions or teams like that on the fringe, continue to win, then the Commanders are essentially out of the playoffs. So it's weird. It's, it's definitely a weird thing to see happening. So Carson Wentz against the Browns, sure, I can understand there, but I don't think that it's I, I don't really, I don't really see the see the motivation for doing so when you had a team playing so well with Taylor Heineke. And honestly, when you keep flip flopping quarterbacks and stuff like that, I think that all it's really going to do is just kind of hurt the team chemistry. And you look at receivers who are working, who have been working on timing with Taylor Heineke for the past God only knows how many weeks. I mean, I, I think it's just going to throw everything off again. So it might be a little bit of a, a, an overreaction on my part because I know they're professionals and I know that they're kind of used to practicing and stuff with one another, but I I, I don't know. It's definitely a weird thing that I've seen happening, guys. Now, in other news, I do want to touch on really quickly on the Nathaniel Hackett firing uh, on the Denver Broncos. It, it, It was coming. And I know not many head coaches have been fired within their first season with a team, but it was so egregiously bad, just bombing so poorly with a supposed Hall of Fame quarterback, even though I don't think that that's the case. I think that it's definitely justifiable. Now, if you look into everything and just kind of seeing how everything's been happening, how much blame does go on Nathaniel Hackett? Now, I'm not trying to justify or say that he should have been he should have been retained or given another chance like that, but it's just really curious to me as to where at least fans, team owners, and even outside people, like in the media and stuff, really where they think the blame lies. Now, obviously, with the firing of Hackett, it seems like everyone's saying, yeah, it's mainly coming down on him because they've already verbally committed to George Payton, the general manager, who I think has done wonders for that team. And obviously, with letting the head coach go and having Russell Wilson on that deal, it means that they're staying loyal to Wilson as long as they can. Now... I don't know if I'm ready to say that it was all 100% Nathaniel Hackett's fault, but at the same time, I'm not ready to put the put all of the blame on Russell Wilson. It's just kind of a really interesting fine line between who I want to blame, who I want to credit what to, if I want to say it's 50-50, if it's 70-30, or whatever it may be. Nathaniel Hackett was a huge part of the problem. Their offense sucked. He couldn't call plays to save his life, and that's kind of what they brought him in for, aside from the part that they thought that they would maybe get Aaron Rodgers, and he was one of Aaron Rodgers' buddies. But at this point, I think that there's a lot more wrong with the team than just the head coach. Obviously, the quarterback is an issue, but you can't let go of them that easily. Their offense in general is an issue. They've had some injuries along the offensive line to the point where Russell Wilson's been pressured on almost 30% of his dropbacks this season. So you can see where the mistakes and stuff are coming from. But at this point, it, it's it's just brutal. It, it's, 
It's an inept offense, and it's really painful to watch them try and function. Their receivers can't seem to get anything going despite having Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and I mean, yes, Tim Patrick's been on IR for the entire season, getting hurt earlier, but they have a lot of weapons. Obviously, Javante Williams got hurt too, but now they just have no one at running back after releasing Melvin Gordon. They just can't get a single thing going, so... I think it's a lot more, there needs to be a lot more introspection, kind of, you know, a lot more looking in to what the issues on the team are outside of just firing the coach and thinking that all these problems are going to go away. And yeah, I mean, they're 4-11 and and this week they face the Chiefs and then I want to say they face maybe the Chargers or something like that in the last week. So yeah, I, I, I don't see them winning either of the games, even though they're going to be at home in week 18. So I can see them very well going 4-13, and but the only issue here is they don't have a first-round pick because of what they gave up for Russell Wilson. So the Seahawks are most likely going to get a top-five pick here from the Broncos, and that's really, really going to hurt the Broncos, especially when you're looking into their future if Russell Wilson can't manage to do anything with this team. And now just a little bit of a quick kind of going over I guess, of the Thursday night football game that I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on here, and that's obviously the Dallas Cowboys going on to take on the Tennessee Titans. This is probably going to be a relatively poor game, just like most of all of our Thursday night uh, games have been so far this season, and that's because obviously Malik Willis is going to be in starting for the Titans, and we saw how poor he looked last week. Derrick Henry, while he's a beast, I don't see him doing too much against his good Dallas front, and even if he does... I think that the Cowboys have a good enough offense to make this game get out of hand pretty quick and force the Titans into passing. Now, is this a little bit of a trap game? It definitely could be, but I, I, I just don't see the Cowboys looking over this team, especially after coming off of a hard-fought uh, win last week against the Eagles and their backups, and the, the Titans riding a five-game losing streak at this point, going back to uh, the end of November when they lost to the Bengals. It's rough here, and with the Cowboys kind of jockeying for that number one seed to see if they can still get it, or even at least winning the division, which I'm not sure if it's going to happen anymore, but still, you know, kind of wanting to lock in that seeding, or at least locking up the five seed at that point, I can see him kind of going hard this game. For the betting purposes, the line is minus 11, which is quite the amount here, and now, I bet this game a little bit earlier than everybody else. I got this game when the line was still minus 10, and I did take the Cowboys minus 10 because I do think that the Titans are a pretty poor team, especially at this junction in the season with kind of a backup quarterback really down to bare bones on defense as well, and then really just looking everywhere else. I don't see much that I'm really too inspired by uh, on this team in general, so I do think that it's very, very likely for the Cowboys to win big here especially coming off of a pretty big win. So I would I would say that it's probably a better uh, idea to just kind of stay away from this game. If you want to sprinkle some on the money line, even though it's like minus 500, so there's not much profit, I took the Cowboys, like I said, at minus 10. I just put down a simple $10 to hopefully double my money here, paying out at about $20 for mine. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here. But... I mean, outside of that, that's really all that I wanted to touch on today. Stay tuned on social media. I have a lot of things going on there, whether it just be a couple of different videos and stuff, posting things that I'm going over, stuff like that. Check us out on Instagram at Extra Points Podcast. Check us out on TikTok at Extra Points NFL underscore podcast. Give us a follow there. Give us some views, whatever it may be. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts at Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, all of those different sites. So really do appreciate it. 
appreciate it, guys. Shoot me a DM if you have any questions, any takes, anything like that that you want featured on the show. Really do appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.